This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to a special in media resolution of the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? In media res, Josh, in flagrante delicto. Why are we recording the Always Cheating Podcast on Saturday? Well, as you mentioned, it's the holiday season and things get kind of crazy during the holidays. We've got various travel plans happening and and all sorts of um, activities that we're trying to work around. But our audience mm -hmm. is A-plus number one, big priority. So we're recording this podcast after the Saturday fixtures, prior to Game Week 18 Sunday fixtures, when both of our captains are playing. Yeah, exactly. As you said, slightly funky timing. Uh, yeah, so both of us have uh, – I've got three players tomorrow. I think you've got four. So, you know, obviously we're not going to talk too much about the game week at hand, but there's still plenty to talk about when you look ahead to – uh, to game week 19, which is the the full day of fixtures on Boxing Day. And it's, uh, I think it's another, I mean, you know, in the US, it's all through NBC, but I think it's, uh, I think Amazon is doing the, um, doing these games uh, in, in the UK. And that's why they have this incredible spread of matches um, that start at, on our time in the East Coast, it's 7.30 a.m. is when things start. And then I guess they'll be done at 5 p.m. <laughs> Leicester Liverpool comes out at 3 p.m. So that is a massive day of matches. So uh, we're actually going to go match by match and uh, ideally not spend like 20 minutes on all of them. But we're going to talk a little bit about uh, each of those fixtures. Uh, just a quick score check, though, Brandon. How are you doing so far in Game Week 18? It's been a little soft through Saturday. I'm on 31 points. The average uh, at the end of the day today was 29 points. So at least I'm above the average. Just um, very soft in my defense with one-pointers from both uh, Diego Rico and Gilbert. Matt Ryan mm -hmm. continues sort of his his weak sauce streak with a two pointer, and uh, yeah. Lord Lundstrom with six. Uh, the 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 returns were largely in my midfield with De Bruyne with that great assist, and then Jack Grealish, who you brought in this week as well. Yep, um, Grealish re uh, continuing to sort of be in form. 
um, looking mm-hmm. like a, a decent pick with good fixtures for Villa going forward. Yep. And possible um, game week 19 captain. Yeah, you're going to have to do a little more convincing of me for that. I mean, Villa <laughs> yeah. is like we were, we were talking about this while watching the um, the Villa Southampton match, and that Villa could be the best looking team to ever just clearly go down in relegation. <laughs> That's true. So I'm really hoping to build on this 31 points on Sunday with with Abraham Rashford, Deli Ali, and my captain's son yet to play. Yeah. And I mean, I'm doing a little better. It's I'm on 42. Uh, I did take a minus three, though. And so uh, a minus I three. Have, how'd you how'd you manage that? <laughs> I took <laughs> I made three transfers for minus four. That is uh, I. So I don't have Tammy or uh, Rashford going into tomorrow. So I'm sweating that out a little bit. I did bring in I brought in Sun. I brought in Aurier or Aurier. Aurier, I guess that's how you say it, probably. Uh, and I brought in Grealish. And so so far that has worked out. Pretty well, you know, very well. I mean, eight points from Grealish, and we'll see what happens with with those two tomorrow. I mean, Aurier was um, going to be Matt Target, and I kind of just decided I didn't trust the Aston Villa defense at all. Um, and so, you know, the other move I, w- I was considering was uh, was bringing in a ne- another Sheffield United defender. Uh, but Sheffield United had quite a tough run coming up um, after game week 19, uh, they play Watford at home and kind of felt like it was one of those transfers that would have been nice in the short term, but I ultimately would have just been benching a player again and again and again. They play Man City twice in five game weeks, <laughs> starting in, uh, in game week 20 and they play Liverpool away and Arsenal away as well. So, uh, it's, as good as their defense is, I think they're in for a tough, a tough run ahead. So I ended up going with Aurier, um, just because I felt like, um, it's that classic. There's two ways they can get your points uh, philosophy, you know. And I felt like I, there was a reasonable chance they'd keep a clean sheet at home to Chelsea, who aren't in the best form. Although this could sound hilarious by this time, this uh, podcast mm-hmm. uh, is listened to. Um, and you know, he's exhibiting a ton of attacking threat right now too. So it kind of felt like I was bringing in a little bit of a winger. So so we'll see. Um, and uh, I, you know, I lived late last night. I made two very late transfers. One of which worked out, and one of which didn't. It was net minus five. That's uh, how it's worked out. I sort of like you know you know that thing where you're in bed and you're sort of. If you're, ner- I mean, okay, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have done this as well. Where you're sort of in bed, you're, you're probably thinking about in the bed next- too. <laughs> you're thinking about the next week's uh, or the next day's fixtures, and you're like, you know what? I I, I think I'm going to make this move. I think I'm just going to do this. And so I moved uh, Matt Ryan to Nick Pope. Great, that's a mm-hmm. net plus five. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I moved Todd Cantwell to Lee Lise Mousset. <laughs> Whoops, uh, that is a negative <laughs> nine uh, net. Uh, so, uh, so I came out a negative, uh, I guess a negative four uh, on those two moves. So. Um, you know, it is what it is. Um, it's, it's fine. It was kind of, um, uh, sounds fine. I mean, it's always annoying when you make a last minute transfer to drop a 10 point player for a one point player. Um, it just, it's just another lesson in why you just cannot, the the problem for me is I I suppose you can have a super cheap striker like Lise Musay, as long as you have the self-control not to start them all the time. Uh, and I do not. If I have a yeah. forward who plays even semi regularly, I am I will always find an excuse to bring them into my team, uh, you know, into my starting line, uh, lineup. I just don't have the self control, and so I'm better off with like some four point, you know, with a you know Connor Wickham or whatever. It's like someone who can't even play, um, just to stop, like to save me from myself, uh, or just or just upgrade and have a team of pookie type, like someone who you just know is going to play 
every single week and maybe they're not you know i mean danny ings i guess right i mean uh, he's not even getting rotated any longer he's just he's just a player who doesn't get injured and scores a brace every week <laughs> or whatever it is I it know. feels that way right now yeah uh he's it's on like he got uh, his, his, his legs were were replaced with legs that don't uh don't break down which is probably <laughs> the key to success at this point i don't yeah maybe he went to that kobe bryant have i already made this joke in the podcast i feel like i've made a kobe bryant blood spinning joke about Danny Ings already, but <laughs> even if I haven't, uh, it's it's it, it has to be true because he's like a completely different player. Congrats to anybody. Who I has think him. less, yeah, it's impressive. Less that more. Do you do you remember Rivers Cuomo got that surgery because one of his legs was longer than the other, so he got the <laughs> surgery to even out his legs. No, maybe Danny Ings was getting injured so often wow. because one of his legs was longer than the other. I so he, he went. That's crazy. He got the Rivers Cuomo treatment. I wonder if he did that like in between Pinkerton and the Green Album, and there's some like, like like something happened when his legs once his legs started working again. It was like <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's longer. what happened. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so 42, uh, I guess 38. Once you uh, factor in the minus four, uh, it does put me. I guess I'm I'm on a I'm on a little red arrow. It looks like when you include the subs, I'm I'm down about twenty thousand spots. So nothing to uh, nothing to really take too seriously or think too much about um and uh yeah so him and as getting the late goal really helped as well and then um obviously the the nick pope clean sheet too so um yeah as as you mentioned brandon we're you know there's only nine matches this game week there's two to come but those two are are pretty big so uh, we're not going to get too caught up in overall rank stuff or um you know even the always cheating super league we're not going to run through that because it's going to change so much between today and tomorrow so uh I think we should just get right into our Game Week 19 preview. But, uh, Brandon, do you want to thank our new producers first, or our new our new patrons? Excuse me. We have a new producer. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, our our pledge month uh, through December, just to close out the year, is going really well. Thanks for supporting what Sincere, Josh and I do with thanks. the Always Genie podcast. Yeah, and it's been, it's been a great year. So we're really proud and thankful to welcome these new Patreon supporters to the family yeah, big thanks to our new producer. This just in, right before we started recording this pod, Lindsay Rostel. I hope we're pronouncing that right. Lindsay, let us know and and welcome aboard. We're going to be saying your name a lot at the end of the <laughs> podcast. At the Lord Sorloth tier, big big welcome to Convex, Frederick Asmaro, Ross, Michael Hanna, and Sean. And at the Pookie level, welcome to Michael Littman, Ben Bibby, Tyler Ogilvie, and Alex uh, Rosinski. Uh, thanks, guys. Big thanks, uh, yeah, and yeah. As you mentioned, Brent, it was uh, this is this has been our the always treating pledge month. We try not to hit people up too much uh, for you know to support the podcast, but if you uh, you know if you want to talk about you know the Premier League and the fantasy game uh, over the holidays, uh, our Slack is a great place to do it. It's a really uh, it's very upbeat. Uh, you know, it's it, it, we have the weather. It can get very serious and very heated when we're talking about. Um, transfers or when people are going off in the rant and rage thread. But um, I think in general, it is a very um, like polite and upbeat place to be. Um, and so it's a place where every, every time I'm in it, I feel very happy. So uh, we also do an extra pod. Yeah, we do an extra podcast each week as well. Um, this, this actually, this upcoming week may be the only time we don't do it. I may try to do one the evening of Boxing Day, but uh, it might be tricky because I'm planning to basically – 
kind of like that's like my that's my free day um boxing day i'm uh-huh. gonna be going to the bar very early that day so you, you might be a little sauced I, at that yeah point. i may be but if i'm if i'm not i uh, will be doing one if not we'll be we'll be certainly squeezing another um another bonus pot in over the next uh week or two so uh but yeah thank you i thank you and everyone who supports the podcast um current uh, past, current, and future uh, patrons and Patreon.com. Wow. Way to work a Christmas Carol <laughs> reference into the podcast. Very seasonal of you, Josh. I applaud that. Yeah, so Patreon.com slash always cheating is Ringo to learn more. Um, all right, so Boxing Day Fixtures, Brandon. Uh, this is kind of a different podcast for us. We're not going to go through um, all the stuff that we normally go through. We're not actually even taking any questions. We're just going to look at Game Week 19, get in. And get the hell out. Uh, all right. Yeah. So, so Boxing Day kicks off um, this Thursday with a very big match. It's kind of, you know, I guess I'm glad that we're kicking this one off because we'll just get it out of the way. It's a little tough to talk about the Spurs match without the Spurs match having been played yet uh, for this weekend. Yeah, but right. let's assume that all things go fairly normally, right? That they. I don't know. Let's say they they beat uh, Chelsea two one tomorrow with uh, with a uh-huh. goal from Kane and a goal from Son and an assist from Ali and an assist from Aurier. How about that? That's my that's my fine completely made up prediction for tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, but you know, no injuries. Maybe Son gets taken off in the eighty second minute, something like that. So, um, would you consider captaining a Spurs player for Boxing Day? Yeah, it's a funny matchup because, I mean, managerial changes aside at Spurs, you look back at the earlier fixture, the reverse fixture, and Brighton, uh, that was the Connolly unveiling game, right, where he put on a clinic. And yep. I think that was also the game where Hugo Lloris uh, just destroyed his shoulder or arm. Mm-hmm. But it was a 3-0 victory to Brighton. How much has changed at Spurs? I mean, they they do look really invigorated. You would think, and then with their home supporters in front of them, that Spurs would be the favored team. But uh, I, I, you have to believe that Brighton learned a fair amount about Spurs playing them in that reverse fixture. So they're a decent matchup. I don't think that Spurs are just going to blow them wide open. Mm-hmm. If I had to predict a scoreline, it would be something the likes of 2-0 Spurs, maybe 2-1 Spurs, given the form that they're in. Is that enough for me to want a captain uh, and continue to be whole hog on Spurs as we kind of are right now? Uh, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling averse to it. If you're asking me right now, yeah, there's not about all the matches. Be, I mean, you know, like there's there's like a human element to it too, where just all of these matches, super long day, tons of stuff happening. I guess I guess technically it's only nine matches on on Thursday. The, there was a Wolves and Man City play on Friday as a standalone fixture. Um, but I, which actually is great because I think it makes KDB and Jimenez very uh, rotation proof, at least for that one that one match. Um, so you know, I think uh, I think I'm reluctant to do it because if it didn't go off, you know, it's actually funny because I think it was maybe two years ago when uh, was it last year? I can't remember. I think it was two years ago uh, when Harry Kane I think had a hat trick in the early fixture on Boxing Day. And it was against Southampton. I remember this. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't captain him for this very reason. Like it was like almost an exact, <laughs> almost exact situation as we're in right now. I can't believe I'm just remembering this. Uh, so yeah, maybe that is silly because I guess the other, the flip side is that if you captain somebody in the early match and they do well, 
the rest of the day is just kind of gravy, right? Like you've already got your, you got your captain points banked. Uh, you know, you're yeah. good. So, um, I, don't know, I guess that's one way to think about it. I think, uh, I think, I mean, Brighton are just not, um, hugely impressive right now. Uh, that, that fabled Brighton defense, uh, I don't know if it, maybe it was never fabled, but they, they were off to a pretty strong start under Graham Potter. The first, you know, first half of the season I thought was, I thought they were pretty impressive. Matt Ryan in particular was just kind of, um, I guess even, you know, he was always a better fantasy asset than the team was super strong defensively, right? Because they were still right. conceding a lot of shots and, uh, you know, he was, yeah, you know, they were, he was getting pointsy when they, they weren't were, keeping clean sheets. Yeah, definitely one of those fantasy goalkeepers where he, his value was the fact that Brighton's defense was leaky enough that they were conceding um, more difficult shot opportunities that yep. Ryan still had to save, but they they weren't uh, you know big big chances enough that they were that their opposing teams were just slotting them home left and right, and Matt Ryan was just just. Uh, racking up the saves but that just doesn't seem to be the case anymore so that said i mean we would expect um we'd expect them to concede some goals i mean the the question is it's Mourinho does not strike me as somebody who is interested in doing a ton of rotation right now um you know i wonder if he's maybe of the opinion that this team was not playing and fighting super hard under Pochettino. Um, I mean, look at Deli Alley, you know, and just, I mean, I'm not saying that Deli Alley quit, but it just, it was not working, you know, uh, whoever, however he was being played under Pochettino, it just was not. I'll say he quit. Yeah. I mean, I'll put my neck I out know, there. I mean, it's like, it's always like a, a thing. It's like hard to throw that out, you know, at somebody, but it does kind of, it does kind of feel like he just did kind of quit a little bit. And so, uh, but you know, these are all, we're also talking about like 22 year olds. So, you know, it's, uh, sure. I mean, I, I quit, I, I've quit on people a lot, uh, especially when I was younger. So sure. <laughs> um, I think, um, you know, so do we think that there's any rotation threat, uh, among these three players? I mean, son is the player who was a rotation risk under Pochettino, but, um, I don't know. Um, what do you think? Do you think that the, you know, no, I don't, yeah. I, I really don't. And Jose Mourinho's reputation is just that to not rotate. And he, I think he, he, he seems to be a very political figure in the locker room. And he, he asks for players to be aligned with him and his way of thinking. Yeah. And that is probably what leads to his ultimate downfall after a couple of seasons. But think he he's picked his team and you see i think son is right up there with harry kane right now and that when son is fit he'll play absolutely every minute i think son was the only um uh player of this fpl relevant set of spurs attackers that Mourinho took with him to their uh pointless champions league fixture to finish out the group stage so it's like I, i have this idea that son is Mourinho's talismanic player right now and maybe he's just trying to bolster son with all that confidence and I would I would say that's I don't think it's too controversial to say that son is probably Spurs best player you could look at Kane's career in its totality and say uh, how much he's accomplished and what he does mean to that club but I think it is, is in in Mourinho's best interest to yeah back son as much as he has this, this is like the um this is like the uh, the Sadio Mane thing, where it's like, is Sadio Mane the best? You know, Liverpool's best player, best attacker, and 
it's like you kind of don't want to say yes because traditionally he has not been. But based on what you've seen the last you know, calendar year, um, the answer is yes. And it kind of feels that way with Sun too, where because Harry Kane has had so many great seasons, it's hard to say that. But certainly based on recent evidence, I think that you would have to give Sun the uh, the edge there. Yeah, but if you if you were to be concerned about any of the Spurs players, it has to be Lucas Moore. I mean, Lucas Moore is coming off of a really good performance in game week 17, and uh, he is the value pick here. But with that value pick comes the concern, and I think if anyone's going to get rested or rotated or dropped, it's going to be Lucas Moura on Boxing Day or New Year's. Well, yeah, and, and he's just not a player. And that's one of the reasons I haven't really ever considered him as an asset. You know, I just don't think I really trust him as as a consistent starter in that team. Um, I mean, he could earn it. If he does, he's, he's great value. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't recommend – I mean, like if he was if he was rested for the Chelsea match, then you'd think he was going to come in and start at midweek. Maybe I, I don't know, like because that that's like probably overcomplicating things, right? Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, per, perhaps, yeah. I, I, perhaps. So, what about Spurs defense? Though we have definitely been poo pooing the idea for the last couple of weeks, and then you went and yeah. got Serge Aurier and. Well, I just I mean, the did, appeal has to be how far up the pitch he's getting. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's just that feeling that we've that we've all been having, which is there's just, I mean, and you saw it at the end of today's matches, right? I mean, boom, Palace concede eighty whatever minute it was. Um, uh, who else conceded? You know, Bournemouth conceded. Maybe that wasn't wasn't yeah. as much of a shocker, but no one's keeping clean sheets. Aston Villa were were in, you know imperious at home for a short time, and now they're just kind of garbage their defense and you know granted part of that's because <laughs> yeah. is injured but you know it's um it, no one can keep clean sheets and so it kind of seems reasonable to just to focus on the uh on the you know on the, on the ones who can attack a little bit and get you points two different ways um mm-hmm. because you know trying to hunt around and find it's like the you know the tamori thing it's like trying to trying to hunt around and find that like cheap sub five million player who's going to consistently get you points i mean yes that I, Sheffield United are like the only place you can go right now to find that. And I guess, you know, Sanyochu counted for a while too, although I think his price now is up to 5.2 million or something like that. Uh, but otherwise, it's just like, just pick your, you know, just pick a player and hope that you can get, mm-hmm. you know, hope that you can get lucky one way or the other with attacking points or with clean sheets. Uh, I, I honestly, even with someone like Aurier, it's like, I'm, I just want one or the other, you know, I don't, I don't have any, I'm not going into tomorrow thinking to myself, Oh yeah. Like I'm, I can't wait to bank that 12 pointer from him, you know? <laughs> um, right. So yeah, I mean, that, I guess that was the rationale. I, I still don't think their defense is, although I think their defense is, it's like, I'm, I'm getting a little more like, I don't know, like, I'm feeling slightly better about it. It helps that um, that Alderweireld just resigned, um, and that uh, Mourinho is mm-hmm. pushing for Tonga to do the same thing. And it does feel like maybe there's a, you know, Mourinho loves an older defender too, <laughs> so there might just be like mm-hmm. you know feeling like okay, maybe this team is like settling in a little bit. You know, like it's like they're kind of they're they're in this together. I mean, there's just like a feeling of like togetherness and like that feeling that they're all just like on the way out is dissipating. Obviously Erickson is probably on the way out. Um, but I, I think that with um with everyone else, it seems like maybe they're kind of closing ranks a little bit. So then there's Brighton. <laughs> Uh, Mom <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the ship seems to have sailed. Um sorry, Mape sorry, is do he's he's doing his best. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Joe and all you Brighton fans out there. 
But Mape is really doing his best to stay in the conversation. The uh, was was the match we were watching today. Did he have a goal chalked off because of VAR or some such? Or the, yeah, it was like Connolly pass squared him the ball, but somebody else was offside in the buildup. I think it was. Anyway, he continues to find himself in these positions, and at five point eight, we just kind of like want mape to really be a thing mm-hmm. it is a blank against sheffield united after three goals in three straight matches yes. um against arsenal wolves and palace all fairly decent defenses mm-hmm. so i still think mape is worth a look i don't know if you want to be bringing him in in this road match to spurs during this heavily yeah. congested period after which he had played or before which he had played, uh, yeah, he's yeah, four matches, the full ninety in a row. Worth a long, lingering look, Brandon. Like let that look, you mm-hmm. like, let your gaze uh, hold for a minute. But then I think, I think ultimately, I mean, it's it just feels like you're kind of like, who are you bringing him in for? You know, like, who, are you downgrading a better player for him? If so, I see that as a like, there's almost nobody like in that kind of sub eight million range who I think would I would rather have like who I, who I'd rather have him over you know, um, and if you're upgrading, I feel like you might as well just find more money and upgrade to somebody who's who's better. I mean, Timo Puki today, really aggressive, probably quite unlucky to come away uh, with nothing uh, from from today's match. He really. Um, he had one goal, like a, like a big breakaway moment late where he could have he could have scored, and so you know Pookie or Ings or something like that. Like it's like just spend the extra 0. 0.5, 0. 0.6 million um, to get someone who's who's most. I mean, I, yeah, it's the holidays. Someone you know, all of these players are liable to get rest at least once. But you know, you just can't you can't really think that way because I think one of the stories of um, of the festive fixtures that we know time and again is that we all panic about rotation and there ends up being a lot less of it than we expect, you know? So, um, yeah, maybe they'll all get rested for one and that's just something you're going to have to like just handle, you know? Yeah. I think the last note that we could have on this fixture is just from my perspective, uh, though I've discussed frustration with Matt Ryan's form since that Leicester city match, he's got spurs away. And then you look at a Chelsea home match on new year's day. But after that, I think the fixtures start to clear up a bit for Brighton. So I'm going to use a bit of patience with my Brighton goalkeeper and just not choose to deal with that situation. No, I I would, I would do the same thing. Um, But uh, it's surprising that he hasn't been racking up more saves. I mean, it's almost like the defense has gotten better, but in a way that's only hurt him in fantasy. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, I think that's right. All right. Aston Villa Norwich. Um, Let's let's take let's let's yeah okay let's uh, maybe we'll uh, I just realized this could be like a two hour podcast if we're not careful here but so just <laughs> let's try to keep it fantasy focused here Aston Villa Norwich Norwich have looked quite 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 a bit better um, to the point where I almost certainly have to start Todd Cantwell uh, for this for this match um, and I mean if you have Cantwell I, you have to start him in this Aston Villa match don't you. <laughs> Yeah, well, th- this is my issue. I'm looking at my bus team, and I still can't find a way to get Cantwell in because Son Ali De Bruyne Grealish, and Grealish is part of this conversation. Mm-hmm. Home Norwich for Grealish, you have to play him as well. Of course. So playing three uh, more heavy-hitting strikers up front, <laughs> yeah. if you can qualify these as such, but Vardy, Abraham, and Rashford, I can't 
I can't bench them either. So there is no way for me to fit Cantwell in. I mean, who who among those would you drop to the bench to play Cantwell? Wait, it's who is it again? It's uh Vardy, Abraham, and Rashford. <laughs> but if you look at right, yeah, none, no, yeah, right? yeah. And then it's Son, Deli, and De Bruyne and Grealish in my midfield. Okay, fine. You don't have to. You don't have to start him. But he's a valuable player, Brandon. In case any of these players uh, get, rotated. I want to start him. Um, don't get me wrong. I do. No, I, I won't get you wrong. Um, <laughs> uh, I hear you. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what, uh, you know, one, one interesting thing, um, I was thinking about is because the Spurs matches early, if, if there is some rotation, uh, you know, among those, among any of the Spurs players for that matter, um, nowadays, it, like, I feel like we're getting leaks for that early match all the time. And so, um, you know, it may be, uh, that I swap out son or Ali for, um, for a uh, Liverpool midfielder, uh, which is something I, I, I have about mm-hmm. four million in the bank right now, so that I can make that move uh, with no issue. And that was actually why. And just, I, I don't mean to double back on a team we've already talked about, but um, I did feel a little guilty because in the last podcast I sort of advocated for not dropping one of your um, w- one of your Liverpool midfielders if you have them, uh, because you're just going to want to bring them right back in. Uh, and then I went and did it anyway. <laughs> and uh, the reason that I ultimately did it was because I realized that. Sun was the player that I wanted, and if I made the moves the way that I made them, I would have enough money to move Ali to Salah or Salah or Sane, um, excuse me, Salah or Mane, uh, without uh, burning any points. And so, as long as I gave myself that way to to move right back into that player, um, I was okay with making that move. And uh, the fact that Salah played 210 minutes in the World Club Cup. Uh, has me kind of panicked Not about great. whether. I mean, you, I don't think you can bring him back in now uh, ahead of Boxing Day because right. I think there's even even though they're playing Leicester, I think there's a good chance he doesn't start that match. Right. Okay. So um, back to this Villa Norwich match. So we we talked can't talked about Cantwell. Cantwell is good. Mm-hmm. Play Cantwell if you yep. can. Pookie is Pookie is the other Norwich player that I guess we just want to touch upon in that he's back in mm-hmm. form. The fractured toe seems to be fine in that he's at least getting enough pain injections that are legal Toe's doing, or, or don't you worry about that toe, Brandon, it's doing just fine. <laughs> so, I mean, is there any temptation to look at Pookie for you? Um, no, uh, it's funny. I, I mean, no, I, I, I've got Cantwell. That seems like enough. I like, I feel like I've, I just played mm-hmm. this game, you know, I, I just had Pookie for game right. week six through 12 or, you know, six through 11 or however long I had him for. We didn't do anything. Um, and you know, he, he now he's back to, he had two blanks in his last three, uh, missed a huge chance today. You wonder if that does anything to his confidence. So, um, yeah, so I'm not like, I'm not dying to bring him back into my team. I'd rather have. Tammy yeah. Abraham is the player who I'd rather have. Um, and uh, Museda Abraham is a move I would consider for this for this weekend. Uh, or, or, excuse me, for Boxing Day. Yeah, in your yeah. eternal quest to cover my team. It's 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 the coward's <laughs> way. Yeah, I know. So yeah, Kate, I hate how Temple Kate my Wallace. team is this game week. <laughs> Cantwell is definitely the move in Norwich. I agree with you. And at 4.7, I think this guy just still presents a lot of value. So the big worry with Aston Villa right now is that John McGinn went off today with um, some sort of ankle foot injury. And yeah. the assessment is that it doesn't look good. And he'll 
almost certainly be out for Boxing Day, if sure. not for a few more weeks or longer. And how does that like, – McGinn has kind of fallen off the map as far as an FPL concern, but you – you have to believe he's still very integral to how that ball moves around the Villa mid, uh, midfield. Uh, so I don't know if I, I then want to get further involved beyond Jack Grealish, even if Jack Grealish is too much involvement with Aston Villa right now. Don't you wish that Wesley was actually good? That would make things so much easier if you could just bring in Wesley, you know? Um, yeah, but it would. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think one, Grealish seems fine because he's just like, uh, he, uh, it's funny, he like is turning into what we thought McGinn was going to be, which is like he just shoots these like beautiful goals from outside the box, kind of like uh-huh. I don't know how I don't know how he's getting this space so often. I, mean, I guess he's just quick and <laughs> and just and just shoots really, you know, just shoots quickly too. Uh, I mean, that goal today was just a it was a beautiful, completely self created goal, you know, just with a you know second of space and he just curls it, you know, uh, cross field. It was uh, you know really really beautiful. Um, so. I, I think that there is, you know, there's an argument to be made for maybe like a cheeky captain for him. I, I think that the the captaincy decision is about as tricky in game week, uh, game week 19 as it was in game week 18. Uh, really, really yeah. tough to uh, decide on anybody. I, you know, uh, so Grealish I think is reasonable. The Spurs players are reasonable. Uh, maybe just Kevin De Bruyne again. I mean – the guy's pretty good, Brad. I don't know if you, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, just <laughs> he was amazing yet again today. Yeah, we well, when he was um, when he was denied some opportunity. I my brain is completely fried right now. I'm I'm struggling to recall what um, attacking opportunity he was denied. <laughs> sort of midway through the when he got the uh, when he got the half, yellow it, card, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. Oh right, he was driving toward goal, and you thought he was going to shoot it, and then he tried to square it, and just kind of like blew the opportunity. Yeah, a little too. And cute. then his frustration started yelling at the referee and got a yellow for dissent. Yeah. And you turned to me and you said. Well, this is the point at which De Bruyne feels he was owed a return, <laughs> so he will just go and take his return. Yes. Which Flash cool. forward to yep. smash cut. De Bruyne <laughs> just powers through the Leicester City back line oh, and yeah. easily squares it to Jesus. If you have, he's De, amazing. If you have De Bruyne in your team, the, you always want him to get angry because he is un, an unbe- he's unbelievable when he's angry. Uh, it's yeah, it was a uh, yeah, it was amazing that he only walked away with four points in that game because he was his stat. I saw I, I'm not even going to repeat them because I, I just I saw them on uh, social media earlier. But he was uh, just he created like an insane number of chances today. It was you know the tops on both teams for sure. Um, so yeah, he's he's awesome. But we'll get to him uh, in a minute. Um, so yeah, uh, let's move on from Aston Villa Norwich, uh, Bournemouth Arsenal. Anything to say on this one? I mean, are you going to start Sergio Rico in this one? What do you think? Or Diego Rico? Uh, I'm, are we finally going to get Diego this one Rico? right? <laughs> no, we will never get it right. We will never get it right. No, uh, I can't start Diego Rico because he oh, right. uh, suddenly picked up a yellow card right. suspension. Yeah, you probably wouldn't have played like him anyway. Pain. No, I mean the pain and anguish with this Rico character continues. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if anyone out there listening has actually played Rico when he has scored points. He only scores points when he's on your bench. Yep. And you have an opportunity that you believe you can play him. Mm-hmm. He just turns around and he screws you. Yeah. So yep. no, I, I can't. Um, I, I Bournemouth have been you know been slightly better just in terms of. Like it took Nathan Ake, their best defender, getting um, injured for them to finally be scared into trying to keep clean sheets. Yeah. 
Bournemouth was able to score on them, but their defense still looked decent. That said, um, they have nothing to offer going forward. Uh, And then Arsenal are just in this intense state of fluctuation. Mm -hmm. And I think we want to see what Arteta is going to bring to the table here, who he's going to play, how is he planning to play Aubameyang, is Lacazette going to play a role? There are just too many unknowns with Arsenal, even though there could be huge upside if Arteta comes in and right away gets them more organized and empowered. It has me more excited about the club than I've been in a long, long time. I just, And like everything he says is like, I don't know, he's just like he's smart. He's like... He, I don't know. I just like he like he's really he's cared himself perfectly um, since he's been hired. But I mean, yeah, we'll see. You know, we'll see what it looks like on the pitch. I'm um, like you. I'm not going to. As far as managers go, I think he'll do well because he has the perfect balance in his face of looking serious and angry and kind of approachable all at the same yeah, time. Yeah, he's like a yeah. It's he's so handsome. It's hard to like to he, like he can't look ugly. You know, even if he's like scowling, it still sort of looks. <laughs> You know, approachable. All right. So, uh, yeah, not a lot to say about that one, mostly because the, the, it's just hard to even know what that match could look like. I mean, Bournemouth just cannot um, get anything going right now. I mean, now that Callum Wilson was on the bench, so yeah, maybe by this match you've got Wilson and King back up front again, and that yeah. should um, right the ship a little bit. Um, but uh, it would not be surprised if, if Arsenal scored on that one. Chelsea Southampton. And this is an interesting match. I, th- I think Chelsea Southampton is um, – it's like a, it's like a it's a stay away if you're a gambler, you know, because um, <laughs> you know Chelsea are in weird form. Right? They're the kind of weird form that like a young team can get into, you know, where they're sort of yeah. like they are talented and they are good, but a lot of them haven't really been through the grind of this before. It's like you, it's like something you see in college sports a lot, you know, where like a bunch of the young players just slump for a while because they just aren't used to the sustained pressure of a, of a full campaign. Yeah. Looking at my bus team right now, I'm just enticed by Southampton home and I've given the armband to Tammy Abraham. Yeah. I think, I think we need to see how Chelsea look against Spurs on Sunday and how many minutes Tammy gets. You're talking about that threat of rotation that Lampard sort of intoned. So that would, that would weigh on you. And if you think there was an opportunity to start, Somebody like Batshuayi up front, it could be home against Southampton. So that that's a little niggling concern. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's. Yeah, I, I think that's that's definitely a, a, the concern that I would have about bringing him in for uh, for Musay, which would be kind of the obvious move to make. Um, I also don't really like that because that that's sort of all my cash for for the to, to move back to Liverpool defender or midfielder would be mm-hmm. would be kind of spent on that. Um you know, if I went Jimenez um to to Tammy, I could do it. I mean the question to me is just like, do you I mean you were talking about this with Rashford on the last week's podcast, but I, I mean given what we've seen with Jimenez the last few weeks and kind of maybe just the last 10 weeks or so I mean do you really feel like Tammy is just a straight up better fantasy asset than than uh, Rule Jimenez, it feels like a almost a waste of a transfer to move from Jimenez <laughs> to, to Tammy. You know, I'm just not sure which one is the player to to have. You know, and so I don't know. Like it feels like whoever you've got, you just you just stick with. You know, I'm not sure that you I feel like I've seen you. You can always tell when I start saying you know a lot, it's because I don't quite know 
I'm not confident right. in opinion, you know, and I'm starting to yeah. sort of question myself a little so, bit. But I, I, let me yeah, put it. Go ahead. Let me put it this way: with with Jimenez, who got two assists in the reverse fixture against Man City, you remember that those two assists went to our 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 dope friend Adama Traore. Yep. Um, Jimenez has only blanked twice since game week eight. And I mean, it, it does seem odd that he has had so few blanks and that he had a four week goal drought before he scored today against North city. Yeah. So it's not like he's been banging the goals in, but I I think at 7.5, it's just straight up value for money. And yeah, if you compare him to Tammy Abraham, I do think you're right that, it's kind of like whoever you have now, I think you just kind of stick with them for the short term. Yeah. And when you have a chance and an opportunity to pivot from one to the other, when it makes sense, go for it. Yeah. I, I think, I think we're on the same page on that front. Um, I think the Jimenez to, to Rashford, that is an argument. That's a conversation I, I'm, I'm willing to have, you know, that that's one that I'm a little more, that would turn my head a little bit more because I think that if, and I don't have Rashford on my team right now. If Rashford just completely goes off at home to Watford tomorrow or away to Watford tomorrow and they play Newcastle at home a few days later, to not have him when I have $3.8 million in the bank right now and I could just do it without burning any points at all and I'd still have enough money to move Sun to a Liverpool player, I, you know, in, in game week 21 or whenever I decided to do it, I, that feels like – it feels like I might be like getting a little too cute by not bringing him in. So, so that I think yeah. is a slightly different argument, but it's one I don't really want to have until we see how Rashford looks uh, tomorrow. Right. Yeah. So I, I guess of all the teams that we're looking at here, I think Chelsea might be the one where it's the biggest rotation concern because there are no great form players for Chelsea right now. Pulisic is a huge concern and Hudson Odoi is someone who could come in and play in his place. Mason Mount can sort of cover yeah. similar territory as Pulisic. So it, you know, I, I would be a little concerned as far as Chelsea rotation. Yeah. Southampton, on the other hand, Danny Ings is going to play. He's in great form. If you're sitting on Ings right now, you're you're going to play him with confidence yeah. against Chelsea. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy because I guess nothing bad is going to happen to Ings. Uh, the rest of the year. And that is incredible. Um, I mean, what a, what a run. And I mean, I want to see it. I want to see him start all 38. Has he started every match so far this year? I think he has. So that can't possibly be true. I think is that true it is. Okay. He has played in every match. He has not started <laughs> a couple early on. He did not start every match. He started every match. I believe, and the Che, the Che Adams era, the che, exactly. He started every match since game week seven when they finally Che Adams. By the way, he's he's down point seven from his starting price of six million, <laughs> five point three million now. Incredible, yeah, absolutely incredible. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's wild. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, Ings is uh, is having a great season, and uh, yeah, nothing bad's going to happen there. So. Um, Crystal Palace, West Ham. This is the match where not having a Palace defender feel. It feels like that one could come back to haunt me a little bit. I mean, I need Antonio to uh, to have to show some magic <laughs> on that match. Uh, to be. Uh, okay, here's the the other way to look at it is that West Ham have had um, the longest break off of anybody. They basically got a winter holiday, right? They haven't played since mm-hmm. uh, last Saturday. That's 
they, they were they didn't play in the league cup did they i don't think they had a they weren't in the league cup no quarters, they did right? not so, yeah no. so they've had a they'll have a week and a half off everyone will be rested seems like there's a there's a chance they could come in either either a little rusty or they could come in supercharged because uh palace will have had a pretty t- tough away match to uh to newcastle just a couple days before that and they're still on a kind of a skeleton crew in the back line but when you talk about being rusty it boggles my mind. Mikel Antonio is seemingly always coming back from an injury. It's like every match that all 38 game weeks, Mikel Antonio is coming back from injury. Yeah. And whenever he does, he looks fabulous. <laughs> he looks sensational. Yeah. So I don't know that some of these players on yeah. West Ham understand what rust is. I, I guess that's the, it's a big problem for Sebastian Allaire, who yeah. had a huge goal drought and yep. he just needed to score. Yep. He finally scores in game week 17 against Southampton, and then he has to take virtually two weeks off. So that wasn't <laughs> great for him. Yeah, that's true. I was going to say the other thing about Antonio is he he's always just come back from an injury, and he's always he's always just missing a spectacular goal, too. How often do you feel like you, you see highlights of Antonio just missing some uh, incredible, incredible goal? I know, yeah. Think of all the amazing goal celebrations that we've we've been the robbed of seeing just yeah. because, because of that. But, yeah, I... I don't know. Palace, the Palace defense is obviously great. You just think it's harder for their luck to to hang in there mm-hmm. during the fixture pileup. They will start leaking goals through fatigue or just sort of the yeah. natural order of things. They already have the last two, right? I mean, they they conceded to to Brighton and to Newcastle, two matches where you probably would have expected them to keep clean sheets. So um, I suppose it's already happening. The, the the leak yeah and and, and the problem for <laughs> the problem for the new best goalkeeper in the league uh Guaita, is that now palace are playing bad teams mm-hmm. who don't get chances and don't shoot therefore Guaita can't get 10 saves right <laughs> um so uh, uh, unreal to see Guaita only get two saves against newcastle that's true but, what a what an incredible rarity that is uh, Everton Burnley. I suppose this will be the first match with uh, Ancelotti in charge. Uh, thought they played okay today, uh, missing some some steel in the midfield for sure. Um, that game was was awful. Uh, there's no getting around it. Arsenal <laughs> <laughs> yep. Everton. It was a not a fun match to. Watch. It was it was a it was a good sleepy early morning match. I suppose if you didn't have any stakes in the match, but. Um, yeah, uh, no one. I mean, uh, Pickford had one good save. That was the only. That was the only moment. Remind me what Manola Dargis said about Eli Roth in Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> in a, yes, in a word, dreadful. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, dreadful. <laughs> yeah, Manola Dargis should write for the uh, Guardian sports column. I think that would be perfect. <laughs> that was A.O. Scott, by the way. Oh, but, was it? Uh, okay, the, fine, the points. The point still stands. Um, so Everton Burnley. Do we need to say anything about this match? I I briefly considered bringing in Richarlison, by the way, going into this game week, and then I forgot how hilariously expensive he is, and I was not going <laughs> to yeah. do it. He yeah. Richarlison could be worth the money if he were to become a consistent player because he yeah. is good when he is doing his thing. The problem is, over the three seasons yeah. that we've known him, he hasn't been able to do it. So it's got to yeah. be a pass for the moment. Yeah, I mean, the six goals and three assists through the through eighteen weeks isn't that bad. Um, you know, he had thirteen goals last season, so the guy is not like a complete 
flop or anything like that, but you always he just always seems like he's capable of more. And uh, they've got a great run. I would say uh, the thing with, with you, so you give Angelotti a few weeks, and then starting in game week twenty two, um, they have a really nice run of of matches um, through uh, through like the middle of February. So you know, I'm going to wait three weeks, and then maybe I would consider bringing in somebody from this team maybe dean yeah I, uh, for me i think lucas dean is the one to watch during the ancelotti yeah. um turnover they had kept their clean sheet today dean is yep. back and healthy and involved and at 5.7 yep. i think that's a decent totally. price for what we know of dean yeah got three three bonus points today as well all right let's move on to sheffield united watford brandon lundstrom captain <laughs> would you consider it has Sheffield United had a bad fixture all season? Every time I look at the fixture ticker, Sheffield United playing garbage team. Yeah, um, yeah. I suppose so. There was there was a moment this morning watching Sheffield United Brighton where Lundstrom was the farthest player forward, breaking the last defender, um, almost in on Matt Ryan. He's getting so far forward. It does make a compelling case to captain him. Yeah. Will I do it? it? I, I I I don't know if I have the courage. I think it does take courage. It does take courage. The the Duffy captaincy from last season still uh stings me a little bit. Uh you know, that's always the problem with captain and defenders. It 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 just takes nothing at all for a clean sheet to get yeah. lost. You know, just the you know, one person slips on the grass, one, one ball, you know, one ball rolls out for a corner kick and the corner kick hits a, def, you know, hits somebody in the shoulder just the right way. And this, you know, there's, you can play great defense and still concede goals. Um, so that, that's, I think that's always the issue. And then, uh, so the, the question is, do I think that he is one of the like, you know, three best attackers for this game week? Uh, and if, and the answer is no, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, I think he's a good attacker, but I don't think him, him as one of the best. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe he's like a vice captain he's like a safe vice captain pick for this game week. Can I make a very abstract argument here in favor of Watford? Watford now have Nigel Pearson as their manager. If any manager can figure out the, you know, Great Britain United, that is Sheffield United, it uh-huh. could be another like just like giant white British man um, mm-hmm. in Nigel Pearson. It's so a thought. That, yeah, that, that's a thought out there. <laughs> that's my that's my very Jangoistic thought about. I am um, really how, how, how the tactics are going to go on this. this it, it's a shame that by the time this pod goes up, um, most people will listen to it after Watford have played. I, I'm really curious how they look um, at home to Man United tomorrow. I think that'll tell you. I mean, the guy has has coached some strong defensive teams, right? Or, okay, he coached one that I know of, uh, but uh, he did keep Leicester up uh, their first year in the league. So, um, and then, his, I mean, his son basically got him the boot, right? I mean, you know, from that that club, it wasn't like. Uh, it wasn't like they were itching to get rid of him. It was such a disaster after his first year. Yeah, and, and, and yeah. P- Pearson could take the credit for some of the transfer strategies that brought in the likes of Mares and Conte. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so some people say I don't know how true that is. Sure. Yeah, neither of us are Leicester uh, experts, but um, all right. So, yeah, Sheffield United. I mean, I think it's uh, again. I, I wouldn't necessarily suggest you transfer in any of their players because their fixtures get really rough after. After this one, uh, that brings us to the later matches on uh, the Boxing Day. There's two. Uh, the first one is Man United Newcastle, and as you could hear me say on this on this pod, I'm sort of 
I, I, I would consider bringing in um, uh, Marcus Rashford. I would definitely uh, consider doing that uh, before, right? Uh, before this match. Uh, I mean, you you talked about armband captain. I think that he's a he's an excellent armband captain pick as well. Yeah, the the knock on Manchester United and Rashford, right, is that they perform better when they're playing an attacking team that leaves some space behind, mm-hmm. meaning trying to explain how they took it to Manchester City and and Spurs before them. And then you get concerned at a team like Newcastle that particularly on the road at Old Trafford might pack the back a little bit and make it difficult. So uh, I, I think we'll we'll know a lot as as you've been mentioning, based on what we see on Sunday when when United go away to to Watford, and I think that might actually be enough to inspire me to let's let's say at least vice captain Marcus Young Marcus Rashford yeah against Newcastle and when we talk about holiday rotation I think he is a lot less rotation prone than almost any of the big captain picks that we're considering. Um, I just don't know how much of an attack they really have without him in the squad. So I think it's interesting to see that Pogba has traveled with the team. Um, I don't know if that mm-hmm. means anything, if that means he even makes the bench tomorrow, but uh, uh, he was, he's was been like walking with a cane for months. So uh, it'll be very <laughs> interesting to see uh, what he what he looks like if he's uh, if he's back on the pitch in any in any significant way. Maybe he's going to take a meeting with Nigel Pearson. I mean, the January window is going to be open soon. Maybe, maybe. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that's what do you think? I mean, he actually would. Uh, I, what would a Paul Pogba look like on a team like Watford? Like, like if he like really cared, you know, I don't mean like just chasing a paycheck, but like if he went to Watford and he was like, I am going to be the greatest player in the history of Watford FC. You know, and just I'd love to see it. Yeah, I decided he was gonna spend the next like, you know, five years of his career just like <laughs> being like Eric Cantona, you know, just like changing everything about Watford. Uh God, that'd, yeah. be, that'd be amazing. Probably not gonna happen though. I really don't know what can can we spare a moment though for Newcastle, which are riding high after we're all riding high. We can finally stop talking about Miguel Almaraz. Yeah. We can stop talking about how he hasn't scored a goal. He scored his goal, and now he can just disappear into the sky yeah. um, where perhaps he ought to be. But all that said, Steve Bruce has got these guys. It's incredible. Humming. They're they're not good, and they're in ninth place. It's incredible. Um, they, you know, 7-4-7. Seven, and seven, They're in 25 points. They probably only have to win, like, five home matches you know if if that and they're and they're guaranteed to stay up again this year which is incredible um yeah it's you know, who would have thought i mean they're, they have you know, three wins in the last four almost certainly not going down it's uh but you look at that team and there's basically no one who's who impresses you there's no one really, you really want from a fantasy team even their defense is, is beat up right now and it's i think honestly yeah. a lot of it is just the power of a really good home stadium and and a crowd that really gets them up for these matches and i think it's something that miguel arteta spoke to when he got when he came in which is just that the this culture of negativity and it just it, that can really hurt a team and i think it you know what i mean i guess i'm talking generally not about fantasy here but it certainly changes fantasy as well um and you know when people i mean it makes it makes newcastle defenders worth owning right because they just have a decent chance to keep it a clean sheet in these matches because they i just think the crowd gets them so pumped up you know and so uh, they get i feel it's like they steal an extra 10 points every year just based on that crowd alone 
Right. So we haven't heard what's going on with Jetro Willem speaking about investing in Newcastle yeah. defense. And he wasn't even in the squad. I know, and you love uh, that guy. So I assume you'll I assume you'll have the information <laughs> soon. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is there. <laughs> he, he he has a he has a muscular injury, uh, according to Dinnery's site, uh, muscular uh, currently injury. ruled out. So there's precious little information there. Uh, if I had to, so I I don't think there's any one name player. Um, via FPL to recommend on Newcastle right now, uh, given that Jetro Willems is is a flag. Uh, but if I were to predict anything, I think it's Andy Carroll scores against Manchester United. <laughs> uh, yeah, I certainly wouldn't. Uh, I I didn't even really seriously consider bringing in a Man United defender, which is kind of crazy uh, because they're they're in pretty good form and they have a really nice run of fixtures and. I just looked at them and I thought, who would I even bring in? Like, what what player would you be excited to bring in from their defense? Uh, I mean, how long? Wh- right. When is the last time they kept a clean sheet? It's it's some like ridiculous number of matches, isn't it? I think it's uh, it goes back to like game week three or something like that when they last kept a clean sheet. It's 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 quite a long run. Uh, let's see, game week game five. Week, uh, yeah, game week five. <laughs> yeah, so game week five, which which is kind of a funny one too, because that was the Leicester match. So they kept a they kept a clean sheet at home to Leicester, and that is the last time they've kept a clean sheet. Uh, and so it's been what thirteen wow. weeks? That's that's pretty long. Yeah. All right. Give me a score line. We haven't been doing score yeah. lines on many of these fixtures, well, but this one uh, it, yeah. it feels like a pat two one win for Manchester United, right? I mean, I think it could be like a four nil win or something, but it just depends on. I, just, I don't know. I, I want to see how they look tomorrow before I make a prediction. It feels it feels premature to do that. And now, it's, so it sounds like Jethro Williams got injured, and and then um, Paul Dummett, who came on for him, got injured as well. So they may have like a full on massive injury crisis at Newcastle, uh, which would be um, something that we'd have to keep an eye on. So I don't know. So let's. I mm-hmm. I, I don't want to. I don't want to rush to uh, make a prediction there, Brandon. I'll, I'll say. I'll I'll, I'll say four nil and. Uh, and I'm fine if I'm wrong. Uh, Ever the, the diplomat. Yeah. Final match of Boxing Day is Leicester hosting Liverpool. Great, great match. Uh, I wish it wasn't coming, you know, with this Club World Cup thing because it feels like we're not necessarily seeing Liverpool in kind of their normal form. I mean, I, they did win it, so I guess that's good. But it feels, you know, I don't know. I, I would ideally not have them like have them not have had them jet, like jet off to Qatar for a week before this yeah. match, you know. Um, so what do you think? It's true. Yeah. What do you think happens in this match? I think just, I I just think Liverpool are too good. And I think a a little bit of airline travel, they were talking about this on the second captain's podcast and related it to Chernobyl. Like, is it really that bad that the Liverpool players are exposed to this level of football radiation? No, it's fine. Trent Alexander Arnold plays an extra 90 minutes. Um, you can't get your your feathers too ruffled. I mean, you could. There's a critical mass of all this football over the course of the season. But I think if we're just looking at this Leicester match, this is one of those. Let's see what Liverpool win this match. It's it's almost it's almost done. It's almost done, and yeah. I think it's going to be one that they play a full strength team for. And Leicester will have just come off the back of that tough Manchester City fixture. 
yeah, maybe feeling a little beaten up. I mean, in that second half against Manchester City, I think Leicester were finally kind of exposed as, you know, they're not pretenders, but they were just exposed as this project is is still younger than we treat it. Yeah. The Brendan Rodgers team. Yeah. So I think I, I, I yeah. I and mean, you think about the quality of the recent Liverpool Man City matches, um, the one they played two months ago and the one they played last January. And those were like, that was two, that was just so clearly the two best teams, you know, just like going head to head in both cases. And um, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think Leicester's great, but I, the, the, I mean, to me, it's for them, it's just, I think it's all about just getting that, get a Champions League spot um, and, you yeah. know, holding on to that. And that, I think they've got a really good chance of doing They're um, you know, they're 11 points ahead of, uh, <laughs> Their nearest competitors are Sheffield United, Brandon, in fifth place. So they're eleven <laughs> oh points God. ahead of. Uh, they've got they've got thirteen point lead on Spurs, uh, fourteen on uh, on Man United too. Although both those teams have a game in hand. So, uh, but even if they both win tomorrow, it's still um, ten points and eleven um, that they're that they're ahead. And uh, it's hard to see Leicester just completely falling off at any point, so as long as Vardy keeps keeps his form up. Yeah, it's incredible. So, yeah, I mean, you play Vardy with confidence. You don't captain him. The big question FPL-wise with this fixture is you've got two camps. You've got the camp that you're in, right, where you strategically transferred out some of your big Liverpool players. Yeah. Do you do you immediately bring them in for this Leicester match? The other camp are the people who are just benching their Manes, their Salas, their Trent Alexander-Arnolds right. here in the game week 18 blank. They will definitely want to start their Liverpool, obviously want to start their Liverpool players yeah. in game week 19. How close are you to, I mean, I guess you've already kind of addressed this and that you're, you seem averse to bringing Liverpool assets back just for this Leicester fixture, given the travel to Qatar. Yeah, I, I sort of, I, I felt really strongly about just holding Salah. Maybe it was in the glow of the, of his performance over the weekend, uh, but I, I really, I don't know how I could come on here and advocate for bringing him in after 210 minutes in Qatar over the last several days. Um, it just feels, he probably starts and maybe he'll play fine, but it doesn't feel, it feels a little risky. It almost feels, it feels risky too now because, because he played so many minutes, it makes me not want to have him for game week 20 either, you know, because Let's say, I mean, Leicester's such a big match. Let's say he goes in and plays 90 in that. Then suddenly he's played whatever it is, you know, um, 120, 300 minutes in, in the last, you know, 10 days. Um, at some point he would have to get a rest, I would think. And so that could be um, in game week 20. And so then I'm in a position where I'm probably just waiting until game week 21 uh, to bring him back in. Now, if he gets rested for the Leicester match, then I'd probably just go ahead and move him right back in at game week 20. Yeah, I think game week 20 is is really the one to target. And I've been talking uh, the last few weeks about Liverpool attack being my blind spot, and I can't wait to get them in. And yeah, the way I'm approaching it too is I think I'm going to dodge this Leicester match, especially with Spurs um, kind of making up half of my midfield right now, having a decent home Brighton fixture. Yeah. That's good enough. I think that's so, that's good enough. Yeah, you get two transfers, right? So, what is your? What are you, are you thinking about? Maybe using one and and keeping another, doing your famous uh, famous uh, move it along <laughs> <laughs> move. I guess so. I, I guess so. So, I have two defenders that I mentioned at the top, where they're they're just 
kind of glorified 90-minute bench fodder and Gilbert and Rico, this could be a good opportunity for me to just go in on a different defender who I'd be more comfortable starting over the course of the next month. Yeah. So it, it does feel like maybe it's a quiet defensive transfer for me, roll into another two free transfers going yeah. into game week 20, and that's when I uh, run my uh, my Liverpool gambit. Okay. Martin Kelly, I guess, probably the, the the clear contender there. Yeah, who else would it be? Yeah, you have to like that home fixture against West Ham. I don't know. Do, is, is it too early to go for Lucas Dean? Um... I don't know. That's a good question. Um, let's see. So they let's see. If so they're playing uh, Burnley, Newcastle. No, not necessarily. If you've got the money to do it, I mean, I guess I was thinking if you're dropping someone like Rico or Gilbert, um, that's a that's a big it's a big move. You know, what's what one point three billion? But if you've yeah, got the money to I, do it, then sure. I have two point five in the bank, so that that's one that I'm 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 going to consider. But yeah, you you just look at the yeah. state of my defense right now and. While all these players play, it is kind of shocking with Rico and Gilbert and Sayanchu Alexander. Yeah. The the thing is, like Sayanchu Alexander and Arnold and Lundstrom, these are three defenders that'll probably just start uniformly week in week out. Yeah. So, be an interesting test. I mean, with Lundstrom playing Man City twice and and away to Liverpool for that matter too. So Man City twice and away to Liverpool in the next five weeks. Um, I mean, yeah, you're not gonna start for all those though, right? I mean, that's I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's already start. It's time to start thinking about having a cheap defender who is like a reliable asset for game weeks 20, 21, and twenty four. Yeah, um, I feel like those are the three that you'd really want to focus on. So, um, I actually I hadn't thought about this going into the pots. I don't have a good answer to that, but that might be something that if you're listening, you want to think yeah. about. Okay, so I, th- I I think we're we're covered on Leicester Liverpool. So let's move on to Friday the twenty seventh and talk about the last fixture, Wolves hosting Manchester City. So. How convinced were you of Manchester City's form? Um, is it just all Kevin De Bruyne after watching the, <laughs> the last two kinda, fixtures? Kind of seems like it. Uh, I was saying I, I wasn't super imp- like Jesus's goal celebration was was like kind of all about him, you know, like oh I finally did it, you know, after missing all these chances I finally did it. And I like maybe I maybe it was just like the way I read it a little bit, but it was like. I was like, come on, man. Like you didn't like, you know, like you made a good run to, to score that goal, but that was like all KDB. And like I feel like you you score that and you like run up and you give a giant bear hug to KDB for padding your goals for the season, you know? Uh because <laughs> yeah, it, it, right. it was just a little too me centric. And I just I, I guess I just don't love Jesus. And so, you know, Guerrero did come back in for a few minutes and uh if he's starting for this match, then yeah, I, they did look a little bit stronger, and so maybe, maybe they're um, maybe they're coming around a little bit. It would be nice if uh, David Silva was back in the squad because it feels like he's really a um, hugely hugely valuable player. Um, you know, just in terms of linking up the central midfield and the and the you know the forward line. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think they looked uh, they've looked a lot better the last couple of game makes. That's for sure. But still, I just don't think enough has changed with Raheem Sterling. You talk about they're probably their most divisive. Their most divisive fantasy asset this season, Sterling. Yeah. You know, he he went down for his penalty, but beyond that, he was struggling to get a lot of chances. It was just all De Bruyne through the middle. 
Yeah. Which is weird. It's like they city have always been a wide team. Let's get it out wide and then cross it in. But now what seems to be working for them is just De Bruyne jamming it straight up the middle. And still, I, I just do feel like still, if you're a manager out there who's doubled up or you are on Sterling, um, there are still no indications that even if city's form is looking better, that Sterling is worth it is 11.8 price tag. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with you on Sterling. As far as the match itself goes, uh, this seems like another match where City are going to be dominant. Wolves are going to find a way to find a draw or something like that. And I I think this could be like a a 1-1, possibly 2-1 Man City. I, I don't see this as being a hugely dominant man city win. i mean they, i think they you know obviously wolves really kind of showed you how to beat um the kind of patched up man city defense when they played them a few weeks ago and i think a lot of teams um probably copied that strategy a little bit and so i think man city would be ready for this team maybe ready for Traore in a way that they weren't the last time they played uh mm-hmm. but uh but i are you, know, you so, ever yeah. really ready for Traore though <laughs> i don't know his don't physicality is there's not a lot there's really no one like him in the league so uh, I don't think I think you're right. So yeah, I think this is a, a, a tricky one to predict. Um, I think that KDB is a reasonable call as a, as a captain, um, or as a safe, maybe an, another safeish vice captain pick. Um, I don't yeah. think this is a match where you would rest him. It seems like a little too a little too tricky of a match to rest a player like him. Um, I think you could do that um, uh, for the game week twenty fixture. So. Brandon, that's that. That was a Boxing Day. That's that's where we are. Um, this thirty-minute podcast uh, went a little long, as, uh, as I was expecting it to. Uh, so, just once again, uh, we did this straight through with no break. So, I don't I don't want to go too much into the uh, Patreon thing again. But if you want to support the podcast, go to Patreon.com/slash Always Cheating. Um, and Brandon, can you thank our producer patrons? I'm out of breath here. Huge thanks to our producers, as ever, Trevor Ingerson, Mike DiPietro, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Chris Carter, Martin Savage, Brian T., DeBig Gaffer, Bobas Coon, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Jazz Binning, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Frederick Keen Gransky, Travis West, Alan Creasy, Victor Forberg, Skoging, Paul Herzig, Kaya Christine Lelang, Stian Niehaus, Barry McGuire, Peter Bodek, Peter. <laughs> um, Peter Bodochtel, Andy Porlock, Toothless Given, Andy Martin, and our newest producer, Lindsay Rostel. Huge thanks to our producers. And uh, just, just one last note on Boxing Day. I hope everyone really enjoys following the matches um, or just spending time with your family. I was talking to my wife about um, asking my family for christmas gifts that they didn't actually have to buy me mm-hmm. i think i talked to you about this yeah um, josh but i think our listeners would appreciate it my wife says well why don't you just ask your family to for the ability to watch the Chris, the um boxing day fixtures and i said no that's not a good <laughs> idea because then my my family is gonna want to watch them with me um there's nothing for there's nothing to be like watching boxing day fixtures alone on unboxing day that's that's where i'm that's where i'm gonna be at yeah that's that's what i'm looking forward to doing well watching at the bar but uh, watching it without the uh um without the kiddos um around so um all right brandon well uh, you can follow us on all the usual places uh twitter uh you can rate review and subscribe to the podcast 
all of this stuff, Brandon, I'm not, I'm not gonna run through all of it right now, but it's, it's all found on our website. Go to alwayscheating.com. Uh, or if you just look for, uh, you know, Twitter, always cheating Google, that's a very quick and easy, easy and simple way to find us as well. Yeah. If you Google always cheating, you'll primarily get FPL hits. Right. So yeah. That's, that's something you can yeah. always count little, so A little bit of like, is he cheating on you type stuff as well, but mostly, mostly <laughs> our podcast. All right. Merry Christmas to all of our listeners and happy holidays. Thanks for a great year. Um, I guess we'll, I guess we'll be checking in before New Year's because yeah. I'm back, I'm back in town on the 27th yep. and we're definitely going to get a pod in before um, the clock strikes 2020. Yep. I think we're trying uh, the goal right now tentatively is to do one on the 29th. So uh, we will be back uh, after I guess two game weeks have been played, but um uh, yeah, it felt a little too premature to talk about Game Week 20 before Game Week 18 is even finished. So, um, yeah, but uh, good luck to everybody. Uh, enjoy uh, the holidays. Enjoy Boxing Day. And we'll be back soon. Bye. Bye. drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.